beautifully written. I do want to confess to you today, I might sound terrible, but I don't feel bad. So don't, don't feel bad for me sitting there trying to hear me talk. I, I don't feel bad at all. I just sound rough. So um, I'm excited to share today. This last week, um, I've been grateful. There's been a lot of conversation around spiritual gifts since we started talking about it last week. And, um, and on Wednesday nights, we're talking about spiritual disciplines. And so they kind of go hand in hand. But I've just been encouraged by the conversation that this has struck up throughout the church. So I hope today that I don't muddy the water, but maybe that I help clear it up a little bit. Last week we talked about a lot, and I kind of fast-forwarded through a lot of spiritual gifts. Yeah, I hope that this is helpful. Uh, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17. Spiritual gifts are kind of listed in several different places throughout Paul's letters um, and throughout Scripture, and so it's hard to just kind of pick one Scripture and go with it. While we were in 1 Corinthians last week, and we'll be in Ephesians this week. <coughs> I'd invite you to stand with me this morning as, we, as I read from Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants. Tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and crafty people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth of, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of the Lord, and we can say, thanks be to God. You can be seated. Well, last week, as I said, we talked through the 1 Corinthians list of spiritual gifts. This week, this, this list is kind of similar, uh, but it's written by the same guy. So we have the same intentions by the same author. Um, but he also follows the list with something that he didn't give us last week in 1 Corinthians. And, and we have luxury of having all these letters written by Paul in front of us all at the time. Whereas the Ephesians reading this had this letter. The Corinthians that we read from last week, the Corinthian church had that letter. And, and maybe eventually they got to, to swap letters, but um, they had what they had. But this concept of infancy that, that, that Paul talks about here is one that seems to kind of just smack me in the face every time I read it. Have you ever attended a reunion? You ever been to a family reunion, a class reunion, a high school, college reunion, or... Maybe even a homecoming. I mean, we did a homecoming here about a year and a half ago. Uh, you, you, you get together with people that you haven't seen in a long time is the idea. You know, colleges have homecomings, and you, you head back to wherever you went to school. And, um, and everybody's gone their separate ways, but for a weekend, they come together, and, and you see folks. And something interesting happens at these reunions. Well, in September, I had the opportunity to go back to the church that I grew up I say I grew up, and I was there in middle school and high school. 
And uh, my, I was a part of a, a youth kind of worship band there that we led worship. And so they called us and they said, hey, could you guys come back and, and lead worship for us for our homecoming? So we were excited and we jumped on that. And it was great. But this place is special to me. It's, 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 it's the place where I felt my call to ministry and started leading worship. It's the community where God allowed us to have over 40 in youth group in this tiny town. Uh, we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, this is the community where we would have several combined services every year with other churches in town. It just, it has a special place in my heart. I love this place. Well, when I got there, I realized not much had changed. And now they had actually, they had painted and they had actually changed out the pews and, and a lot physically had changed. But the city the city looks the same. The people, they're all just as sweet as they were when we left. Even though they might be a few years older, they were still just as sweet as could be. The people that were immature when I was in youth group, they were still immature when I saw them at, at the reunion, homecoming. You know, oh, all right, well, you're doing what you were doing 10 years ago. Okay, that's fine. No worries. No, no judgment here. Everything seemed about how I remembered and again, the, the co-pastor, they're now, they're friends of mine, and they're doing really well, and the church is moving forward, and, and, and I appreciate their, their work there. So I'm not talking about the church as a whole. I'm talking about the people as individuals here. They were just the same. It just felt like home. You just go in, and they're, they're the same. Well, after we finished leading uh, worship that morning, the, they did a kind of a history of the church and people told stories and it was it was great and then they had us come up and, and sing a closing song and, and as we finished a kid who was about six foot tall came up to me and I say that on purpose because I could tell by his face that yes he still was a kid but he was six foot tall he was taller than I was and not that that's a big accomplishment but I thought man and I looked at him and he walks up to me and he says do you know who I am and it just clicked in my brain. I said, you're Colton. And he just smiled and he said, yeah, yeah, it's me. Well, you see, when, we, when I went off to college, my parents stayed there, but I never really made it back to that church at all. I kind of left for college and just ran off. And, uh, but when I left for college, Colton was probably five or six years old. And as he came up to me, I was amazed at how much he had grown. But when I looked at him in his face, it was Colton. It still looked like that same five-year-old face. He just had more hair, and he was six foot tall. But he had grown up. I knew his face. I knew who he was. He had grown, and he developed, but it was still. He asked if I knew who he was, and, and I did. And then he proceeded to tell me something. And I, I'm, I'm not sa- telling this today to build myself up at all. This story really fits this scripture, I think. He looked at me and he said, Ryan, I play the guitar now. And he said, and I practice every day because I want to be like Ryan. He was five years when we left. To be honest, I probably hadn't thought of him in ten years. But he said that to me. And it was one of the most humbling things that anyone has ever said to me. But I think there's so much to be said here about Colton's attitude toward his gift. Even though he he was just older than a toddler when we left, he didn't remain a toddler. 
Had I gone back and Colton was still five years old, I would have been concerned. This would not have been good. What happened? He grew and he matured. And he found a gift that God gave him. And he honed in on that skill to glorify God with his efforts. He's only 15 or so, which just blew me away. God quickly reminded me, Ryan, you were about 15 when you started playing guitar. He's already started. And I knew at 15 that God was working on me. I didn't know what it would mean, but I felt it and I knew it. And I was asking God what this could be. But see, the scripture tells us today that God does not leave us as infants to wait around his return. God has given us these gifts that we're talking about, and it takes effort for us to grow and to mature. We will receive strength from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's the one that gives us these gifts, but we're going to have to put forth some effort. We're going to have to work at it. One of the ways that that you could strengthen your spiritual gifts, depending on what it is, and and we could talk about this, but I wanted to make something known that the Church of the Nazarene actually offers these courses called lay ministry courses. And and Leah is actually in them right now, uh, studying church administration. Um, And they have them for about five different areas of the church. Um, And it's not for people that feel called to be a pastor. It's not for people that feel this full-time call to ministry. It's for people that sense a gift of the Holy Spirit and say, I want to use this to glorify the church. And it's free, it's the right price, it's free, and you work through it at your own pace, but it is a free resource, um, depending on what your gift is. If you're interested in that, I'd, I'd like to let you know, or I'd like to talk to you about it and try to get you connected there. And It's online, and it connects you with me and makes sure that I can see your progress and help you through that, but I just wanted to let you know that that's available. But another way to strengthen your gifts is simply to use them. Now, Much like Colton in my story, you can only get better if you practice and you try. If you just sit around, you're not going to get any better. Or as we talked about last week, if you just accept this gift from God and say, man, God, this looks really nice, and then you turn around and you put it in the closet, it's not going to grow, it's not going to develop. I heard a pastor say one time that it was a Wednesday night group, and and we were talking, and, and he said, we need to know what our spiritual gifts are. So that we can focus on the things that we're not gifted in and try to get better at them. And I, th- I remember kind of thinking about that and kind of thought, okay, whatever. Well, one of the guys uh, that was in the small group was my boss, Alex, that I've talked about before. And so at work the next day, he asked me, he said, what did you think about that? What do, you, do you really think that we know our gifts just so we can practice and get better at what we're not good at? And the more I've thought about that and the more I've, I've considered that, I don't think that's the point. You see, and, and Tina made a good point talking about this this morning. There are things that we are called to as Christians. Just because you're not gifted in the area of mercy does not mean that you can go about around being rude and not care about anybody. We're called as Christians to be merciful as our Heavenly Father is merciful. But what that doesn't mean is that we go and we take a spiritual gifts test and we find our top three and then we're upset. Well, I really wanted to be a prophet. Maybe if I just pray about it and work hard enough, maybe then I can be a prophet. I understand God has gifted me in these three amazing things, but 
I've always wanted to have the gift of administration. I mean, my house is a mess, and I'm not really good at keeping things together, but man, I would love to have the gift of administration. I think this happens a lot, that, that we think it'd be so cool to do this or to do that, but it's not what God has gifted us to do, and so we feel guilty. Oh, I'm not good at administration. Okay, that's why we're a part of a body. And maybe, maybe that's why I mentioned this last week. Maybe that's why you don't like your job. <laughs> because you have a job that's not really leaning into your gifts. And, uh, and they're just frustrating. And I do want to distinguish something here. At your job, you have a job description. And if it is your job to answer phones and keep your desk clean, and you're not good at either of those things, eventually you're going to get fired, right? <laughs> but that's not how it works in the local body of Christ. The way that it works is, is if, if your job is to answer phones and you're really good at it, but you can't keep a desk clean, well, we're gonna, we have eight other people that are good at administration and organization, and they'll keep the desk clean. But you lean into your gift and you answer the phone to the best of your ability. I think one, one of my favorite things that Trevecca does through their... Uh, pastoral leadership program that I went through is at the very beginning they have a class and it's all about calling and gifting and it's it's like a half a semester class it's an hour a week it's really short but the goal of that class is to make sure that there aren't people in this program that just always grew up thinking man I want to be a pastor but to try to help them discern is God really calling me to this or is it just something that I thought would be cool because in youth group I really liked my youth pastor or because I went to a conference and I really liked this sermon and I want to be the person that does that. To discern, is that what God is calling us to do or not? You see, as our passage today, it, it lists the gifts. It says there's prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And in our society, I think pastors are, are heavily viewed as preachers. And that is a, a part of the job. But the word that's actually used in this text is the word that we see in the, in the New Testament over and over again for shepherd. This isn't just the exclaimer of the word of God on Sunday mornings, but this gift is, is shepherding, the care to group. And I want you to think for just a moment what this body would be like if we were all pastors. Now I sit in a room like this today and I can look and see several pastors that are here with them, people that are good at that. But if we were all pastors, number one, I wouldn't preach very frequently. We'd all take turns. But number two, the pews wouldn't be full. We'd all be waiting on our turn. If we were all greeters in the lobby, well, then nobody would be in the service. If we were all teachers and we built more Sunday school classrooms just because we had so many teachers, we wouldn't have anybody to teach to. But to our diversity of gifts is what's going to allow us to thrive as a church. And we as a church, we will have strengths to live into when we are all engaging in ministry through using our gifts. If you're struggling with what your spiritual gift is, please come talk to me. I don't probably don't have the answer, but I'd love to walk through that with you and maybe help point you in some directions to, to discern that. And if you have no idea how to gifts, again, let's talk. Let's, let's try to, to put this into, into perspective. 
I want to hit on something that I didn't put in my notes here, but I, it's been asked to, of me twice this morning, so I think it's important to talk about this. I've had two different people say, well, do you think that spiritual gifts change over time? And last week, the Corinthians text, it tells us that the, the spiritual gifts are the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so I've, I've thought... And I thought, how do, how do we talk about this without this really changing what we believe about God? And so I'm going to take a, a punch at this and try to not sound like a heretic. And if, if I do, I will recant my statements and we'll move forward. But do our spiritual gifts change? Well, we have to ask ourselves, when do we think we receive spiritual gifts? If, if spiritual gifts truly are from the infilling of the Holy Spirit, then we say, okay, well... Once we're saved, once we accept Christ, and we're infilled by the Spirit, then in the Spirit becomes manifested in us. That's a word that's thrown around way too much these days. People talk about manifesting good things, and that just makes me sick. Manifestation is, is something taking flesh. And so our spiritual gifts are a way in which the power of the Spirit can take flesh, again, just as it did with the, with the life of Jesus. And so I, I think that it, it might not be so much that our spiritual gifts change over time. But it's that as we grow, as Paul talks about today, as we grow and develop and as we're strengthened in the body. That we become more aware of certain gifts. And maybe, maybe a gift that God gave you a long time ago. It just needed some growth and development. And it needed some work and some effort. And now you're stepping into it doesn't necessarily mean that your gift has changed but it means in this season you're now ready to use that gift that God has given you that you might have not been ready to use the right after you accepted Christ and began to discern what that means so I'm going to say that I don't I don't think our gifts change but I think God can call us to use our gifts at different times and in different seasons and that might be the the easy way out of that, but that's, I thought it was important to mention that. This last aspect of our text today talks about that we, that we grow in wisdom by speaking the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Speaking the truth in love can be hard. I think we, we live in a society where anything goes. And as long as you're not killing somebody, I mean, I'm going to let you do your thing and I'm going to do my thing. But if we are to truly emulate Christ, who is the head, then not just anything goes. And we can't sugarcoat that. We can't just think, Oh, well, to look like Christ, we can just let anything go and happen. But when we're living into our spiritual gifts and seeking the Lord with all that we have, we will look like Christ, who is the head. But sometimes when we're doing what we want rather than what we're gifted in, we wind up emulating or reflecting someone else that is not Jesus. And it takes speaking the truth in love to get us back on the right direction. Parents, you understand speaking the truth in love. You know what it means to say difficult things to your children out of love. 
And you know that sometimes you get a little shaky before those conversations. Sometimes you don't want to say it. And parents of adult children, I know it's almost even harder now that they're adults because they're adults. (laughs) But speaking the truth in love is the only way that we can grow up from our pettiness. And then we realize that there is a world out there who needs Jesus and we're too caught up in useless things to notice. You know, speaking the truth in love is, is, is part of ministry. It's, it's part of what pastors do. Sometimes we see things and we have to have hard, difficult conversations with people. But let me tell you, there's a whole lot more eyes in this room than just mine. And you guys see things, not just in our church people, but in your siblings, in your friends. And maybe you've been holding off speaking the truth in love for so long And you might even be losing sleep over it. If I could encourage you today to do one thing, it's go have that difficult conversation. I've had some difficult conversations in the last couple months. And you know what? They have been the most redemptive and most fulfilling part of ministry for me. Those things that we put off because we don't want to offend or those things that we might just get a little bit awkward. That's the work of the church. (laughs) That's the work of you and your spiritual gifting is to be able to speak the truth in love. And that doesn't mean the first time you meet somebody. And that probably doesn't mean the second time you meet. And that might mean after you've known somebody for three years that then you can speak the truth in love. I could talk about that for about three days. But the body needs you and you need the body. We are better with you than we are without you. I think of Myra's situation today. She's here, she's in church, but she's in pain. Why? Because she's got a ligament that's just not working. (laughs) That torn meniscus is painful, and the body's just not operating at 100%. And what a great thing that Tuesday, boom, right now, quick, it it can be addressed and taken care of. Her body needs this surgery. But since the body is made up of people... You and I are people, there are going to be mistakes. And let me tell you, things are going to be messy. The work of the Lord is messy. We're going to have shortcomings, and we're going to have some hard conversations. But when we are emulating, when who we are emulating is Jesus of Nazareth, that means that we were only invited to this by grace. And we are only continue to be a part of it by grace. And we can grow in strength and mature by the grace of the one whom we're attending, attempting to be like. So that when the head of the church, when Christ, who we are emulating, returns, he looks at us in the face and he says, I know exactly who you are. But boy, you look different. You grew up. You've been using those gifts in ways that I never could have imagined. We're not to look like we did the day we met Jesus, but we are to grow from infancy using our gifts to be Jesus in this world. So this week, I I want us to be deeply in prayer about two things. First, how is God calling me to use my spiritual gifts in the local church context? And as I said last week, next week we're going to hear from every ministry in the church. We're going to give you opportunities to talk to ministry leaders. 
and, and, and plug in and, and see where there's needs and, and how you, as using your gifts, can help fulfill some of those needs. And I pray that that ministry fair will be helpful and, um, and it might also help us as church leadership to recognize, man, we have 10 people with this gifting and no avenue for them to use it. That's something we can look into. But secondly, I want you to be in prayer about how you can use your spiritual gifts in your everyday life. We so often talk about the Great Commission in the end of Matthew's Gospel. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. You've probably heard that before. That word, that verb that's used there in the Greek that we say that we translate as go, it really can be better translated as as you are going. So the Great Commission really says, therefore, as you are going, make disciples. It doesn't say just as you're working. It doesn't say as you're worshiping. It doesn't say as you're Wednesday night Bible study-ing, make disciples. It says, as you are going, make disciples. This means that... In daily life, we need to find ways in which God is calling us to use our spiritual gifts to make disciples. And it's, it's, it's our job as church leadership to, to help you strengthen those and work on those and put them to use. But there are ways in which in your personal life you can do that without the blessing of the church. I want to encourage you to share the ways in which you can use your spiritual gift. Share those with other people in your life. I want you to say, hey, God has revealed to me how I could use my gift of faith. And this is how. Because you sharing that can help somebody else. I hope you share that with maybe a friend or your spouse. Maybe even share that with me. I would love to hear that, that in the midst of talking about all these things and wrestling with spiritual gifts, that you have found an avenue in which in your daily life you can use your spiritual gift. Come tell me. I'd love for us to have some of those to share next week. And next week I hope to have testimonies of ways in which you have found that God has called you to use those gifts. But as we share them with other people, I hope that it encourages them as well that, hey, there might really be a way I could do this in my daily life as I'm going what could that look like? Well, I hope I didn't muddy the water this morning of spiritual gifts at all, but I want you to, to recognize that you are gifted. Number two, there are things you're not good at, and that's okay. Don't lose sleep over those. Do the things that God calls us to as Christians, but don't lose sleep over not having a certain spiritual gift. And thirdly, is that we've got to put them to use. Because when Christ returns and looks at us in the face, we know he will recognize us, but I sure hope we don't look like how we did when we first met him. Because what a glorious reunion that's going to be but if Jesus looks at us and says, I love you, but you look exactly like you did 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago when I first met you. He's going to say, 
I left you as an infant, and you stayed an infant. You didn't grow up. So in the in next week, we will have the, the ministry fair, and I hope that this can get us get some people plugged in that might not be in, in the ministries of the church. Um, and, and I might also have some, some new avenues to, to, to announce next week of some, some ways and some, uh, some ways in which we might be looking forward to new ways of, of plugging in and using your spiritual gifts and, and getting us into the community to discern how to use them and to do that as groups. So um, this morning, let's, let's spend a moment in prayer and ask these two questions that, I, that I've, I've issued to you today. How, how can I use my, my spiritual gifts in the local church? Because hopefully last week you prayed about what they are. And secondly, how can I use them in my everyday life with my family, with my kids, with my neighbors, with, my, uh, with my, the people that I work with, with the people that I see at the gas every day because I go to the same gas station at the same time for coffee? How, what, what can that look like? So let's pray together. Father, we, we recognize today that in a room this size, you have gifted us so, so much. Father, forgive us for the ways in which we are not living into our gifts. Lord, help us to see what they are and to, to be challenged to use them, not only in the local church, but in, in, in our everyday life. Father, I, I pray for those today that are, are still questioning what, what their spiritual gifts might be. Lord, help them to, to journey with you through that and, and to find help if needed. Father, I pray for those that have no idea how this will plug in. May they be listening in prayer this week for how you may be showing them that, this can, that their gifts can be used. Father, I thank you for this body. I thank you that we're not perfect. And we recognize that. We're made up of people, and it's, it's not going to be perfect. There's going to be mistakes. and just. But, Father, help us to mature each and every day. Lord, we want to grow and develop and be nurtured, but we can't do that just sitting on the couch hoping that you change the world. Help us to be the conduits in which that happens through your grace. Thank you for inviting us into this relationship. Thank you for the strength to go toward tomorrow. Thank you for the endurance to grow. And Father, today may we be challenged to go into our community, to use our gifts, to see you honored and glorified, and that people would recognize that we are reflecting something so much greater than ourselves. The body, and that the body reflects something so much greater than our, the sum of our parts, which is you, Christ, the head, our hope and glory. Go with us now as we leave this place. Would you send us out as a, as a blessed people who, who want to know what you're calling us to do and help us to step out and do that work and help us to do it well. Would we go from this place now as your people called our mission into the world? And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you go in his grace and peace and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday and also Wednesday night as we dive into spiritual disciplines.